Ashley is the executive pastor of ministries at Heartland um, Church in Sun Prairie. I live in Sun Prairie, so that's awesome. Uh, she's advocated for kids with disabilities in several ways, including a night to remember dance. So I think many of you know that. Uh, and the wonderfully made ministry that they have at Heartland Church, which we'll hear a little bit about tonight. Uh, designed for kids with disabilities and diverse needs. She helps lead efforts to make the church accessible to kids affected by intellectual or developmental disabilities, behavior or emotional needs, sensory needs, limited vision or hearing, and those that are blind or deaf. And I think one of the cool things about uh, the ministry that they have at Heartland, it's one of the few in our community that has a specific ministry for people of all abilities, um, which has been really fun to see that and to see that firsthand. Well, let me introduce our other uh, speaker for tonight, and that is Annie Heathcote. Um, she lives here in Maisel, Maine, Wisconsin, um, and she was recently crowned Miss Wheelchair Wisconsin, which is so fun. Um, she speaks different places on different disability panels panels, radio, podcasts, social media. If you know Annie, she's taking pictures and posting things to social media all the time. Uh, so growing up with a form of muscular dystrophy, she brings a deep perspective of what it takes to ne negotiate a world of obstacles and educate people of those who knowledge of disability um, around here. And she's been exceptional even with us here at Upper House, um, helping us think about those things and navigate some of those things. Annie graduated from Madison College with high honors and two associate degrees, uh, one in graphic design and illustration and the other in web and digital media design. Her mission is to learn, grow, and advocate, collaborate with disabilities communities and others to raise awareness and advance uh, accessibility and inclusion. So I'm going to welcome both Ashley and Annie up here for our conversation tonight. Uh, well, I get the privilege to be able to start interviewing Annie. Um, I got to meet Annie over Zoom a couple of months ago when they approached me um, with this awesome idea from Annie. And so I um, was just really inspired by her story. So we got to meet for lunch then. I got to go to, is it Mazomani? Yes. Got to go to Mazomani. <laughs> Uh, and just spend some time and hear what just an amazing story you have. Um, and so it's just been really, it's really cool to be able to do this with you. Um, okay. So you are, you're kind of the start of me. I keep telling you that clearly, cause you've got the crown on also. Um, uh, but for all of us in the room, some of us probably, some may know your story very, very intimately. Some, this may be the first time, but just tell us a little bit of your story, um, and kind of what all, what it means to be any. Yeah, so hi, I'm Annie. Um, I'm 24 years old. I am a graphic designer and I love to advocate for disability awareness and I've done that my entire life. And this title has really given me a platform to advocate on an bigger scale. Um, a little bit about my testimony is, uh, well, I have a condition called spinal muscular atrophy and I got diagnosed when I was 13 months old. And basically it affects my muscles and it makes it harder to move and they contract. So I use power wheelchair like this and have been driving this ever since I was two years old. 
Um, so I grew up with a lot of questions and I didn't really know why this happened or why God made me this way. And so I really had to think deeply at a early age. And thankfully I had a lot of godly mentors in my life and went to scripture and to find out those answers. Um, and eventually, um, accepted Jesus as my savior when I was eight years old and then got baptized when I was 11. And ever since then, the Lord has been using my life, disability and all to glorify him in every way possible and impact others and show the love of Jesus to them. Um, I face a lot of different physical challenges every day. Obviously, because of the wheelchair, it's hard to get everywhere, get into buildings, got to make sure they're accessible, but also on a physical level. I have a lot of uh, low energy and fatigue, and yet I'm still trying to do everything that everyone else does, but I find that there's a lot of barriers in life, um, physical or societal, that cause things to be 10 times harder, and I have to work a lot harder to make the same kind of things happen, whether that's like getting through school or driving or um, just even getting up every day is a lot. I rely on caregivers to help me with my care and be more independent to live every day. And I guess just growing up uh, being disabled and in that disabled community, I just find it's full of the most special people you'll ever meet. We we have to work harder for everything, um, but there's so much disabled history and so much advocacy and passion for fighting for a better future. And every generation, it gets better. And that's a lot of my why is because I want to give back to people who have given to me and the people who I've seen that are older than me that have given me hope for what my life should look like. And I hope to do the same for people that are younger and give them that same kind of hope pretty amazing. Um, you talked a little bit about this, but I wanted to kind of poignantly ask this to just make sure that we kind of touch on all of that. But talk about your perspective on disability and what that means to you. Uh, I know you've talked a lot about, you know, you touched on that too, but I know when we talked that, you know, you have a very, your own perspective. And so what is, when we, when we talk about disability, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I'm very proud of the about my disability like I'm not ashamed of it it's why I am God maybe to be I'm still made in his image even though it looks a little bit different than what society's used to and honestly disability is such a common part of life like even back in biblical times you'll find in scripture that there were disabled people and that was still God's plan and we're still made in his image so I guess I just look at it as you know we don't have to be kind of that suck out, like we can be implemented and included into society. And we want to do the same things that everyone else does. It just looks different and takes a little bit longer to accomplish that. Um, But I still have a very fulfilling and full life. I've done a lot of incredible things, um, you know, like graduating college with high honors, having my own graphic design business, being Miss Wheelchair Wisconsin, like, and I'm only 24 years old, like who knows what God to do with my rest of my life. So I believe he has a purpose for everybody. Everybody has value. And if you allow God to come into your life and hopefully accept him as your savior, like he will totally fill your life with his purpose. And a lot of times it's just 
trusting him and saying, yes, Lord. And, you know, we all have different comfort zones, like what we're comfortable with. And, and he wants us to go past that and feel that almost like a ring of a circle, like a target. Like the more we trust him and the more we allow him to f- fulfill our life, then he can just grow and grow and he can use us in incredible ways. Like I never thought with my limited time and energy that I'd be doing this sort of thing and be able to even do like 33 plus events this year, like while working and having disability, which is honestly a full-time job. And playing soccer. Yeah, and playing power soccer. Yeah, and involved in my church. Like I just do a lot and I I like to stay busy. It's just who I am. Um, I think sometimes it does help to take my mind off my disability in some ways because it is progressive. I do get weaker and Sometimes it's a good distraction in that way, but I also really like to serve others. That's amazing. All right, so the title of tonight is Accessibility in the Church. So when we talk about this word accessibility, um, it sounds like a really, really great word, but what does that, what does accessibility mean to you in particular? Yeah, so accessibility, There, there's all kinds of accessibility, like, you know, the building you want it to be accessible can you get in can you do the same things other people can um but i would also say it's not just about being compliant or up to code or what ada is which is all great but it's like is it truly accessible um like for example i've encountered a lot of uh door openers which is glad that you know they have a door opener but you know, there's a trash can in the way or it's a, a, it's on a pillar that's hard to get around or can I even reach it? Sometimes they're like so high up in the air, I can't even reach it. It's like, okay, this was made for a person who stands up, which is, defeats the purpose of the button. And then some people like me don't have a lot of strength, so they can't even push the button. So really just all those things. It's not just about getting it done. It's about doing it to excellence. God doesn't call us to perfection. He calls us to do things to the best of our ability. And he'll give us the strength that he calls us to do. So a lot of times I think accessibility is just coming alongside the disabled community and saying, what do you need? What will make you feel cared for and loved? And how can we come alongside you to make this happen? That's great. Um, In what ways have you advocated? Have you kind of seen something uh, in your own world and said, you know what, I think I can speak into that. I think I can make that better. What ways have you advocated for accessibility? Yeah, so I actually have a really cool story that happened um, this year. So uh, there was a local coffee shop that moved in, 1855 Coffee House. Now I was super excited and I saw they had a ramp, so I'm like, it's accessible and then go with my friend. And so, like, you know, because all the girlfriends, they go with their friends and get coffee. So I'm like, I'll do that. Um, so I get there, and I lift the ramp, and then I look down at it, and there's a three-inch cement bump up to get to the ramp to get inside. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. So just being unprepared, I just decided to floor it over that bump. And, and by the grace of God, I made it over. It felt like a little mini car crash, but I... I made it through, um, and I get inside, you know, half coffee, and honestly, I don't even like coffee. I always order the hot chocolate, but it was just the fact of going to the coffee shop that was, like, so special, um, and I get in there, have a nice time with my friend, and um, I was like, you know, I should, I should really say something, 
Because I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to be like, okay, you should probably advocate for this. But then all these doubts started coming up in my head. Like, oh, they, they're a new business. They just started. They probably don't have a lot of money. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to bother them. And so, like, honestly, the enemy tries to attack us in those ways and tries to put all these fears in our head that are so unrealistic sometimes. But then I'm like, you know what? 20 seconds of courage. I'll say what I need to say. The worst thing they can do is say no. And I know I did my best. And so I just went up to the owner. She's very nice. Her name is Michelle. And I was like, hey, I just, I really appreciate your business coming to town. I really enjoy the hot chocolate. And um, I just want to let you know that there's a three-inch bump up to your ramp that's really hard to get over. And it's it's really kind of stopping me from getting in here because I don't know if I'd be able to go over that again. Um, and I'm like, there's really simple ramp options like on anywhere you buy ramp, like Amazon. Um, and you could just make uh, it accessible if you're willing to. I could give you some options and pass along some info to make that happen. And she's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, you know, she's thinking there's a ramp outside. Of course it's accessible. But those, those little things is like, is it actually accessible? And then once she realized that, um, she was so happy to help out. And honestly, I've been in situations like that before where I've advocated, but it's about a 50-50 chance that they'll actually follow through, you know, whether they just get busy or they, you know, don't want to, I don't know. But I got a message a week later and she said, hey, we took your recommendation. We really appreciate that and we wanted to let you know that we put a ramp in and she showed me a picture and it just like almost brought me to tears because it's just like it was so special that someone really listened and wanted to help out and the little did she know I posted that on our local community Facebook page and like a day later I got like 400 likes and soon enough the whole town was just rallying behind this business because they decided to do the right thing and help somebody out in this way. And what did that do? It brought them a ton of business. You know, everyone was so happy. Like just those positive feel good stories that everybody loves. Um, and so then the cool part is more businesses saw what she did and then they put in ramps to their businesses. Cause even if you can't make the ramp permanent, it, you can buy a portable one and have a sign out front saying like, we have a ramp if you want to come in. And, and just being thought about in that way is just so special. And, and I just thought I'd share that really cool story with you all to just show that it just takes a simple act of kindness and advocacy and the willing to work alongside someone to really make a positive change. It's amazing. I love that you said the 20 seconds of courage and what a difference it makes, yeah. not only for you, but for people who come after you as well. Um, okay, so let's kind of switch now to accessibility in the church. Um, and what are some simple ways that you have seen that churches can make their space more accessible and more inclusive? Because I would imagine this would be the heart of churches. Um, sometimes we just don't know uh, how we can do that. And so what are just some simple ways that churches can be accessible and inclusive? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so some really simple ways. Um, handicap parking, you know, you got to have a certain percentage of parking um, in your space for people in wheelchairs and people that need that space. Um, also, even just shoveling and mowing to make sure pathways are clear and that they can get everywhere. Um, and then automatic door openers, making sure that they're actually accessible. Uh, and then ramps over thresholds. 
Because sometimes there isn't always a step, but sometimes there's a bump in the door and that needs to be solved so it's like really hard to get over. Uh, and then wheelchair seating, not everyone wants to sit in the front. Some people want to sit in the back or in the center. Like think about when you go into a space, you get to just choose anywhere you want to sit. And when there's only a certain space for a wheelchair, they want options too. So it's important to accommodate that. And then large print um, Bibles and Braille Bibles. Also, if you have a monitor with a screen that you put lyrics on, make sure that the type is bigger and also contrast too. And certain colors, because some people are colorblind and they can't see certain colors and then um, they need a, a higher contrast of between two colors. And then audio headsets for people that are hard of hearing and even sign language interpreters. So yeah. Um, you have personal experience with this in working with your church, which you have a fan group over here. I hear they're <laughs> like, do you need to do a little cheer? Okay. <laughs> um, so talk about your personal experience. Share about care ministry at your church and the process of that and how that has impacted you and your church community. Yeah, so the opportunity came up uh, last October. My pastor reached out to me and said, hey, what if we started care ministry? And then he rallied this whole group of great people together to start that, and we formed a committee. Um, and then we decided, hey, what do we want this to look like? Who will we serve? You know, answering all those questions when you initially start a group. Uh, then we did a presentation, presented that to our congregation, sharing those details, and also letting them know, like, what we need from them and what we're looking for help with to serve others and make this new care ministry a success. We also had them uh, fill out a survey, which was really helpful because it asked a lot of questions about, they kind of assessed how they felt about disability and how well our church included people with disability now and then what we could do to make that better. But then I think a really neat part of that survey was we asked people what their natural skill sets were and like, their gifts from God, like, you know, some people might be really good at landscaping or some um, maybe are really good at cooking meals so they could do like a meal train. So then each person put down their different skill sets so that when we have someone with a need in our church or community, we can, you know, find that person and kind of connect the two to meet that need. Um, and then uh, we'll eventually present the survey findings, and then we'll implement those changes, which we already have started doing with large print Bibles and more wheelchair seating. And then we're ordering more audio headsets for people to tune in and listen to the services. Um, and then we're going to put up a QR code that's kind of discreetly placed because, you know, not everyone wants everyone to know about the care they need. Some, you know, privacy is important. So we'll have a QR code up that people can scan and they'll just fill out a simple Google form and then the person on the committee can connect them with the person who filled out the survey that can meet that need. And then it'll just kind of happen that way. That's amazing. Um, 
So going back to kind of, you know, all of these things can be really important, um, to, you know, to be a part of, but more than that, like the why behind all of that is when, when, how do people, you know, as, as somebody who lives with a disability, how do you feel and how, you know, you've talked to people also in your community, how does that make you feel when you walk into some place, especially in a church and you feel accommodated and you feel like, man, you've prepared for me, you know, and you're ready for me. Like, what does that mean to you? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been in a lot of different situations, um, situations where I felt very loved and thought about and situations where I haven't. And that's that's always hard, like even just growing up and, you know, wanting to go out and do things with family and friends and be like, oh, this isn't accessible. We can't do this or we can't do that. And we always do accommodate and we've been really good about that. But there have been situations where I've just literally you know, been left outside, like a sad puppy in the rain, looking through the window, like, you know, like watching everybody have fun. Cause I'm that person that's like, no, like you go do that. Like you have fun, enjoy that. Like, I don't want to hold you back in that way. And it's really sad that there's situations like that still happening because I'm human. I'm not a dog, you know? And we, and we just kind of don't really think about that a step or something that's not accessible that still does that to somebody. And and that can be really hurtful. So that's why I advocate so much too, because I don't want anyone else to ever feel like that. And it just gives me a really deep purpose um, in that way. And so when I come into a space, like a church that really thinks about people with disabilities and, and wants to make them feel loved and welcome and how Jesus sees them, um, that's really special because I I face a lot of discrimination and um, I want to go into a space and feel loved and welcomed. And I guess it's just really great to feel that way. And even to show up to a place and not have to plan ahead because I've had to do that before. Like, is this accessible? Like, what activities can I do? Because you just have to plan everything out to such a T. I can't really just show up to a place. Um, so when I'm thought about that actually takes a lot of, um, stress off me and a lot of time off my hands when someone takes care of that. Um, it's almost like, uh, let's say you're injured and someone cooks you a meal. Like how special is that, that someone thought of you and brought over a meal that you don't have to spend that time and energy, um, doing that yourself. So I guess that's my explanation for that. That's awesome. Okay, last question. Um, with what would be your advice for people looking to better accommodate um, or create a, a welcoming experience uh, for people with disabilities in their church? So you know, it's like we've got this building, and maybe it's not perfect yet. But what are just what's your advice for just taking those smaller steps, the first steps uh, to looking around and seeing their space with new eyes? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say first of all, just you know, friend, people with disabilities gain a new perspective. Like we're human too. We want friends. We want to do fun things with people. And, and you really learn a lot and they learn a lot from you too, of course. Um, but really just asking people like in your church that have disabilities, like what would make you feel more welcomed? What would make you feel cared for and loved? And just asking their advice is they'll tell you, you know, I've had to advocate my whole life. I, I let people know. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think it's good because then they feel like they're part of the solution, which I think everybody wants to be. Um, so then also once you figure out their needs and how to accommodate that, I think it's 
really special and just a testament to God's glory of when we include people with disabilities in the church service. Like, what are your natural gifts? Like, for me in my church, like, I sing sometimes, and then I teach Sunday school. So then, you know, those are some talents and skills that I can use in my church just like anybody else would. And that's really a, a testament to what God can do in someone's life, even if it looks like they're limited. Um, and uh, honestly, it all just glorifies God and it helps people come alongside one another and care and show love. And that's how God grows our heart when we really serve other people and put them first. And I just think that's so special to gain and go through. That's awesome. Would you guys help me thank Annie? Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about your story now. Um, So I have some questions for you. Oh, so the first question is, like, what's your story? Like, what caused you to be passionate about ministering to people with disabilities? Sure. Um, so a little bit, I grew up in, uh, Rockford, Illinois, which Anne and I go way back. She came in today. I was like, I know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're in Madison. Um, but, uh, I grew up in Il- Rockford, Illinois. And one of my best friends growing up, um, had a sister, uh, who had epilepsy and she was nonverbal and, um, just, but such a beautiful part of their family. And so it was really fun to go over to her house and see how inclusive and included um, she was. And so, and just get to know her uh, while she couldn't communicate verbally to get to know her through the ways that she did communicate and what a beautiful, delightful soul. Uh, And then when I was in high school, there was a young woman who went to, who was also in high school um, who had spina bifida and so used a walker to, um, to get around. And so we became friends and just got to know a little bit of her story and who she was and uh, her interests. She played basketball and so got to go watch a bunch of her games and just had this started to have this interest and um, acknowledgement and understanding of there can be, there's so much more that keeps us that are we have similar um, than maybe what we see that looks like we have difference. And so it was just a really cool journey for me um, to start to see different communities in different ways. Got to um, volunteer with Special Olympics and do bowling and I just get to know a really beautiful community. Um, and so then when I was kind of had my first job in ministry, I knew what an impact that was for me as a student. And so I worked in student ministries um, and thought, man, how best can we show and like love our neighbors and begin to like show this commonality in teens? Um, and so we started an event called Night to Remember. It was in 2007 and uh, had this idea of like, what if we just threw a huge party, a prom-like experience, high school students, they want to go to prom and have a dance. And we had other students um, that maybe, you know, didn't get to have the opportunity to do that. And so we're like, let's just throw a party um, that we just, we kind of buddy up, partner up and have an experience. Um, all of our guests, we called them on our guests and they uh, were anybody who identified with a disability of any kind um, and had a whole experience, you know, gowns and tuxedos and walked a red carpet and was just we said we want to just celebrate differences that is not something that we uh, want to you know keep separate but we're going to do this together and so we threw a huge party and had the best time so many of our students were like that was more fun than any dance that I have ever gone to in my high school career Um, and so this kind of took off and we started doing this um, now it's been over 50 years that we've been throwing night to remember parties. But I think all of that experience just has shown me um, 
that it is uh, so important to celebrate differences, to be able to recognize and see um, and kind of advocate for that. So then as a church leader, uh, I just noticed uh, when we were going through our kind of our mission statement, we really felt compelled um, to, to that our mission that God had called us to was to awaken our diverse community to Jesus. And diverse was such a buzzword at the time. And I was like, I don't know if we want to use that, but it really was like what God had laid on our hearts um, and diverse in all kinds of ways. Uh, but it's, but a, one of them is in ability and in disability and felt like, man, if we don't have um uh, if we don't have people who with all different kinds of abilities at our church, we are missing out. We are not the complete picture of the kingdom of God. We're not the complete picture of church. Uh, but in order for us to do that, we have to understand and be accessible and be inclusive and not just say it with lip service, but we have to do it with action. Um, and so that was kind of the journey that we went on to start asking some questions, um, some harder questions about like, do we actually, you know, mean what we say when we, uh, you know, say we want to awaken our diverse community. Uh-huh. And relating to a night to remember, and I've been to it, it's a very fun event. So I'll attest to that, that it's super fun, really well put on. So thank you so much for that. Um, and what is more of your experience of putting on events for people with disability? And what are some things that you've noticed with that? Yeah. Um, our experience is that it's a absolute blast. Um, like the joy that exudes when we just get to celebrate is so much fun. Um, and so it's been really cool. I think it's been really cool to um, sometimes take communities that tend to live separated um, and just smash it all together and say, hey, we are all together. We are one. We tell everyone, bring your families, bring, you know, anyone you know, and just like that we want to be able to um, just engage in ways um, that we might not uh, on a day-to-day basis. I think we learned so much um, from people in just different communication styles and different mobility styles and different, um, you know, sensory styles and things that really are impactful. What's really fun for me, we do a red carpet experience where everyone cheers uh, for the individuals as they walk down the red carpet and into the party. Uh, but one of the, sometimes people have accessibility, I'm sorry, um, sensory, uh, you know, different needs. And so they'll say, could we do a silent, you know, red carpet? And so that's so fun because people just wave and it's silent. And so they still get to experience the celebration, um, but in a way that makes sense and blesses them rather than us being like, this is how this is going to go. Um, but just learning to say, what do you need and how can we serve you and how can we hear you and understand you um, rather than make this about like, this is what, you know, we want to celebrate, but you tell us how it would be most impactful to be able to celebrate you. And so that's what I think I've learned through a lot of being a part of these experiences. I learn a lot. That's, that's really great. I'm really happy to hear that. And um, I know you have a disability ministry at your church that you started um, called Wonderfully Made and it's at Heartland Church. So if you could talk a little bit more about that and how that all started in the process of making it happen. Sure. So uh, like I said, when we first um, kind of had this new vision for our church and our new mission, um, the kind of the question was, well, how do we make that happen? And I knew that that was a passion of mine. I also knew I was not qualified um, to be able to speak into some of these things. And so just began praying for, I mean, 
would God, you know, raise up a leader who would be able to um, take on this work and do it well and do it with all of the right qualifications. Um, at the time, we were meeting uh, in a small group in our in our neighborhood, and there was a, a woman who was a part of our small group, just phenomenal woman, phenomenal leader, um, and she was pregnant at the time. And uh, it, you know, a few weeks in, she she got the news that they that their, her son was diagnosed with Down syndrome. And so that began her journey um, in a dis- for a disability in a different you know space. And she just dove head in and learned all about that community, about the community and began to really be an advocate for her son. And so shortly after that, we had this conversation of, hey, we've had this need. Do you feel like this would be something you could step into? And she was like, I would be thrilled. Um, uh, she also has a daughter uh, that would be diagnosed on the spectrum of autism. And so she's just kind of been in that world. She had been, lived in that world for for several years. Um, so she gathered uh, just a bunch of people, some parents that had kids with different, uh, different disabilities, um, teachers, uh, community members, did a bunch of focus groups, said, hey, how can we learn? How can we do this best? Uh, we visited other ministries that um, and other churches and other states to see how they did that. Um, and then kind of crafted something that felt really good to Heartland. Uh, it is, uh, so it's called Wonderfully Made, uh, based on the verse in Psalms that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and it, we, we thought, you know, we can't, we can't probably do all of the things that we want to do in one full swoop, but we're going to start in one area. So we started with our kids. We have a lot of kids (laughs) in our community and in our town. Um, and so we, uh, created a space called Wonderfully Made and it serves kids, um, with all kinds of you know physical disability, intellectual disability, uh, developmental disabilities uh, across the board. And what I love is it's the central hub to our kids space. So luckily we were building out at the time so we could kind of craft it. We felt like, man, we don't, we want this to be like central to all of our kids. So it's our room, um, our wonderfully made room is kind of central and all the kids rooms flow across it. Uh, but our main intention is to be as inclusive as uh, possible, um, but taking the lead from each of our kids and their parents. Um, so uh, when a parent kind of reaches out and said, I'd love to be a part, I have my child a part of this, we do a one-on-one meeting, we create a card, um, just like an all about me card about what works and what they're like, what are each kid's likes are and how are the best to communicate and you know different stimulus um, options and all of that. Um, and then our first you know, intention is to have it as be as m- much inclusive as possible and some of our kiddos like are in full you know classrooms that they're typically de- developing peers the entire time some kids prefer a little bit more of a sensory friendly space which is what our wonderfully made room is um, but it's really important to us in our wonderfully made room um, we it is not just a just a place of you know kind of sensory um, you know space it is also where we do lessons and do the bible verse and do the worship um, because we want the kids you know, in our ministry to know, like, you are absolutely beautifully and wonderfully made you. This is the verse that we're learning. We want to speak this truth over, over you and with you and the ways that you learn. Um, and so that has kind of been that process of our wonderfully made, wonderfully made ministry for kids right now. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that you fell down your heart and took action to make that happen. And also like the Lord came alongside you and just the miraculous things that have come from that. I'm wondering if you have any, like, stories from either the night to remember dance or the wonderfully made ministry that you want to share about yeah i um fortunately i have a lot but i won't share all of them um no it's just been such a cool um we've just been able to hear from so many parents uh, i think the parents are a huge blessing especially for our kids ministry um parents that have 
maybe said to us, like, I haven't really felt comfortable or because, you know, maybe volunteers aren't trained to understand um, and haven't taken the time to get to know my child. And so sometimes I go places and it feels like it's a burden and it's not a blessing. And like you said, right, you've learned that your disability is something that you've embraced and that you love about yourself. And so I think we've been able to train our volunteers the same. And these, like all of the kids, all the kids in our ministry are unique Every single kid has unique needs. Every single kid has, has unique abilities. And so we're, we're on an adventure to try to figure out how best to understand them. And so our volunteers are really equipped. And what's been awesome is how many parents have been able to say, I've, we've never been able to go to church before together. Or our child has you know never been able to be fully included in the classroom and they get to experience um, what it's like to be a part of in, in a classroom. And so that's been huge. We had one little boy um, just this past week. He's been a part of our program for a year and did, had a really hard time engaging in any of the classrooms, but they, that was kind of the goal they had worked on. So just kind of baby steps along the way. And then this past weekend, um, he spent the whole class time, you know, with his, with his peers uh, and the parents were elated. He was pumped. Um, and so there's just a really cool progression that they've kind of worked together with his parents and what was his pace uh, to be able to experience that fully. Um, so that's awesome. Um, I've had it, we've had gotten to have experiences, you know, to hear from people when they walk in and say, I, you know, I was like, I felt like you planned for me before I came or you had to plan for, you know, in preparation in our room, we have headphones for sensory, you know, needs, um, visors, sunglasses, um, just knowing that there's a wide variety of needs that we want to make sure we want people to feel like we, and we don't get it right all the time. We're still learning. So there are things we, you, you could probably come in and be like that. Don't, what are you doing? But uh, as best we can, counter height space. And uh, one thing we learned is, um, you know, having adult sized changing station uh, in one of our bathrooms, just knowing that like trying to figure out what, how best um, we can make people feel seen and included. We have uh, our playground in, in our space, a wooden playground. Um, and so made sure that that was accessible, that there were, if there was a child in a wheelchair there, that they would have toys at their level to be able to still engage and move around all of the spaces. And so a, a couple months ago, there was uh, a little boy who came in in a wheelchair and it was so like so much fun to see him around the playground with all of his peers, uh, being able to do the things that, you know, that his friends were able to do. So those are just a few. Yeah, that's really great. And I'm. it seems like you put a lot of thought into what you're having your church family experience and, and how people were probably praying, you know, for a church that accommodated their child um, and how you answered that prayer because you said, yes, Lord, and, and went for it. So I think that's really special. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, do you have any other ways that or other things you've put in place uh, to make sure that people feel respected and that people with disabilities feel welcome? Um, we have a couple of volunteers that uh, do ASL sign language interpretation. Uh, we've also learned from them as they've kind of brought to our attention um, that uh, the closed captioning on any video that we do is really important as well. Um, even though they still do the interpretation to be able to, if they look, you know, if, uh, individuals look at the video, because um, not, not only deaf, but also hard of hearing, um, that is that is another, you know, need where they may not know the ASL interpretation, but the hard of hearing makes it difficult to be able to hear some, some of the video. So anytime we can, we do closed captioning um, on video. Um, we have learned, uh, 
the for the push buttons to make those a little bit more accessible as well. So now we have them on all of our doors. Um, and I think, like I, I mentioned, just counter height, top height, I'll paint attention to that in some of our spaces. Um, and again, but probably we could even learn more. So as more and more people come and engage in our space and use our space for them to say, hey, here's how this could be better. And we want to be students and continue to learn right. what that looks like. I think that's a good concept too, is like, you're always learning, you're always growing, always improving. Um, and that's something I've noticed in my church too, is like, you know, speaking up and saying like, hey, what if we did this or what if we did this? And it's just so nice to have people come alongside and say, yeah, let's try that. Let's see how that works. And even with the automated door openers, like it's important to put them on all the doors. It's like you put it on the front door, but what about the bathroom, you know? And then having an accessible bathroom too is uh, necessary. So um, I think that's really good that you thought of a lot of things that way. Um, we have some extra time here. So I'm wondering if you could elaborate a little more on uh, what the Bible says about people with disabilities and and how to treat them and things like that. We talked about this at our yeah. call, and I know I forgot the printout, but um, I, I think, you know, we talked about, there's obviously several verses uh, that talk about honoring one another and being fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and I think, the, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, I think we're all human beings. So I think any verse that applies to how we treat a human is how we treat everyone. And, and not to negate the fact that, I mean, you talk about the challenges that you face and what it takes uh, for you to do things, you know, sometimes takes extra energy and is that much more difficult. And so it's not to negate that to say that that's not true. But as far as like how we treat uh, one another, it's like everyone's a soul and a child, a beautiful child of God. And so um, it, you know, the way that God asks us to treat people uh, means ability and disability alike. And in some ways there's, you know, it kind of goes across the board. So yeah. um, I think that's what I would Definitely. Say. I definitely agree with that too. <laughs>